Hey, Adam. Yeah. What the heck are you practicing, bro? I will not respond to heck. Okay. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Yeah, man. What the what the heck? <laughs> I see it's, it's starting to starting to grow on you like a it fun guy. Feels so Andy Griffith showish. I know. You know what? We're trying to um, trying to class it up here, man. Come on. Hell, we are. Hell's yeah. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be continuing our What the Hell series. I love Apparently. this series. I love it. I love it just because it makes you a little uncomfortable for some reason. It's a little aggressive, but very instructive. But you're not a prude. That's what it's so I'm not a prude at all. But I guess when the mic's on, we're on the public airwaves. Is, is this we're not. F- well, isn't this an FCC regulated or podcast? No, they're no, not. Oh, Stitcher. Not Stitcher's part of the FCC. I don't. No, it's not. I doubt okay. it. Yeah. Uh, today we are sponsored by AnyTune. AnyTune is an amazing tool to help you transcribe, to help you learn music. You can slow things down, tracks down without losing pitch. You can loop. You can set markers. You can isolate instruments. You can take away instruments. Honestly, I've been using it for months. I love it. I know you're using it, too. We're actually going to talk about how you're using it a little bit today. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. You can go to anytune.us slash you'll hear it to check it out for yourselves. We've got a ton of great feedback from our listeners about it already. Yeah. And just to clarify, it's any tune. I know some folks thought we were saying any tone. Any tune. Like yeah, tune. any tune. Any tune. Um, yeah, cool. Check it out. Check it out. All right, so what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about what the hell are Peter and Adam practicing. See, what's what I'm saying. Couldn't it just be... What are Peter and Adam practicing? Yeah, that's not as fun. See, you're all about the clickbait. I'm just all about, like, you know, (laughs) switching it up. Swishing it up. I like that. Swishing. (laughs) I'm all about swishing it up. Uh, You know, I just thought it's close to the end of the year. I thought maybe we'd just check in with uh, what we're working on. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And I think this will be a good opportunity, selfishly, for me to get some ideas, steal some ideas from you. For sure. You're welcome to steal some ideas from me. Folks are welcome to comment and contact us with things that they're practicing, because that's really of interest. And I think it is topical, you know, at the end of the year also for rolling into next year as we plan our practice routines and things we want to change, things we want to introduce. So we don't mean this as to overwhelm you. This is really just kind of what we're working on. And you might take one idea that resonates that you want to throw into your routine. You know, it's fortuitous that you mentioned practice routine because uh, I have been working on my uh, out of my open studio practice journal. So mm. Ryan, could you put a link in there for the practice journal? It's been really popular too. We have a custom practice journal where you can keep track of what you're working on. That's a shameless plug, but check it out. No, it's good. It's very, very useful. Nice little gift for the uh, musical, your musical loved one. For sure. We kind of used to call it the bullet journal or bujo of uh, musical journals. And then we call it the pujo. The pujo. The practice journal. The practice journal. TM. Okay, so uh, why don't we start with our number one, which is listen. listen. There, we said it together. Finally, that was beautiful. So this is, I mean, this is really, you know... I'm always practicing that, like even when I'm in between practicing. I find that the great thing about listening, not only is it fun and it's like just one of those joys. of It's kind of like when you go to the beach, you know, especially for us that live in landlocked, um, not only landlocked. I mean, we live in St. Louis, which I don't know if we could be any further from a beach, Yeah, you know. Yeah, we could. But, um, you know, I'm always like, wow, this is so great. Look, look, look what the world created. Look what, the, you know, whatever you believe in. Like 
we've got this bottle. You can focus on the negative, whatever. So every time I'm listening to great music. Is this where you're going? I'm trying to figure out where you're going. <laughs> no, no, no. The beach, to me, listening to music is like that. Like, I never, refreshing. I never take it for granted. Yeah. I'm like, well, look at this incredible thing that humanity created. What are you, uh, what are you listening to most right now? Well, I don't know. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've been listening to this McCoy Tyner. I've been kind of going back into McCoy. Can't some go stuff wrong. I used, yeah. Some classic stuff. And what's so amazing about it is like, I've listened to some of these tracks so many times. Like, McCoy Tyner. Lonnie's Lament from Crescent. Like, I've studied that, that, um, and later on in one of my points, we'll get into kind of some of the reasons why I've been practicing that again. But, you know, it's like a lifelong, it's such a great thing because you're, you're taking from it, you're learning from it, but it's so joyous to listen to over and over again. Hmm. It's like those rare movies that you can just watch as every time it comes on. You know, Coming to America comes to mind. Don't know why it didn't get multiple uh, Academy Awards. I love that movie. Are they making a sequel to that? Oh, they are. I'm scared oh, about that. Right. I'm listening to uh, I got a lot of Johnny Griffin on vinyl recently. Ooh, that's a powerhouse of a of a player right there. Oh man! But then you know I've also been writing a lot of songs lately, so I've been listening to this singer songwriter Phoebe Bridgers. She's amazing, like mm. young twenty three year old songwriter. She's incredible. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I always find that in terms of what we're talking about here, practicing the reason we uh, are including listening is for me it 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 it's a uh, what do you call it like a. Uh, a companion to practicing. Mm. So there's the actual listening while you're practicing, say if you're transcribing, learning a tune or, um, or or what have you, but there's also the listening in between with an eye towards things that can inspire your practicing or that sure. can make your practicing easier. You For know? sure. So I always like to kind of couple that with that. All right. Uh, next up from PM, you are practicing. Oh, scales. Scales. Yeah. And that's just kind of a ongoing thing. I don't think there's any time when I'm, uh, I mean, there's been times when I go when I don't really practice much, but whenever I am practicing, and even those are relatively rare, but when I do, I don't think a day goes by that I don't practice some kind of scales, you know? Yeah, it's true. And so I'm cycling through, kind of at the end of the year, I'm a little bit just playing different stuff a little bit randomly in terms of which ones I do. And then a lot of times at the beginning of the year, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get regimented and I'll kind of start hitting some I haven't in a while. Um, and you know, we've been playing around with some ones that we never really fingered like the pentatonics and stuff. So, uh, those oh, man, are always the blues fun. scale. I get angry emails about the blues scale all the time. Yeah. Why didn't you play the fingering on a D flat blues? You said learn it in all keys, you know, does anybody have any fingering on the yeah. blues scale? There doesn't, I'm sure. we're going to do that. That's going to be our new year's uh, resolution. I, I'm, I, I emailed this guy back who was like, why don't you have fingering on every key for the blues scale? And I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Yeah. I don't think there's a linear fingering for the blues scale on every key. I don't think it's meant to be played that way. No, you no. know, so I think it's more of a series of shapes. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next one for me is left hand. I've been practicing a lot of left hand voicings with a lot of like actually simple voicings, but working on some some uh, voice leading and then working through, of course, as always, like keys that are, are not played as much or unfamiliar. I've been doing countdown in, in all keys because it, it, it's hard, first of all, and it gets you through a lot of keys. Um, so countdown with just like left hand voicings, super slow. Like I think I think people would be surprised how slow we practice some of this stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I man. think they hear you, like, and you're, you know, playing all this stuff and they think, like, oh, that must be how you practice all no, the time. But never. It's, there's a lot of slow practice that goes on. Yeah. I never practice fast. I just, it's just not even in my DNA to do that. It's funny. Um, I think, too, something that, that's nice with the, what you mentioned about practicing voicings in the left hand and trying them in keys that you aren't familiar with, that's that kind of constant mentality you want to be in that mindset of like let me practice things that are not comfortable yeah. that maybe you know they're going to sound good but they don't fall easily in your in your hands because there, there's such a great connection and di possible disconnection between how playing any instrument 
feels. Um, and, you know, depending on the instrument, but obviously with piano, it's, you know, two hands and your feet on the pedals. If you're a trumpet player, it's, you know, your embouchure and your fingers. Like, they're, they're each different, but they're all similar in that there's a connection that you want to make between how something feels and how something sounds That's because right. it's happening at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if we can get to the point where we disconnect more from how something feels and connect more with how it sounds as we're practicing, we have the ability to sometimes slowly over a long period of time, but nonetheless continuing on that journey, we have the ability to make things that are uncomfortable but have the potential to sound good start to become comfortable. Yeah, your you know? body makes the adjustment. Exactly. Your brain makes the adjustment. Yeah, if it sounds good, your body will make the adjustment because you want to... You validate it. Yeah, you. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like, who wants to practice something that sounds bad? Your, your body's going to be like, why am I wasting my time with Totally it? true, you know? man, totally it true. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but that's really what practicing about. It's not just running... Th- and that's part of the reason I don't practice stuff fast because that's more like what you do on race day or gig day or whatever. Yeah. And playing fast is just one aspect of it anyway. But the ability to play a voicing that you know sounds good in all 12 keys and, and learn how they sound differently and, and get, your, get them so they're, they're comfortable. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're going to be more limited. You can still play some good stuff, but you're only going to go to things that are comfortable. You're not going to be able to go to the things that sound good. For me, it's getting rid of that split second of thinking about what I want to do. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to – at this point, that's what I need to eliminate is like for weird keys and weird voicings that I don't play every tune or every gig or whatever yeah. – it's like that split second of like, oh, what is, I don't want to, I'm trying to get rid of all of that right. so that I just have the, the ones that I love, I just have available. That's great. And yeah. I, you know, I would like in what we're talking about right, right now, if this is helpful for anybody, is if you think about any kind of physical athletic endeavor, like say, you know, shooting a basketball, okay, you can work on the mechanics. That's a very solitary thing. It's just you shooting. But you know, at a certain point, you're going to have to be able to shoot a basketball after somebody passes it to you. And so do you want to be the kind of player that can only execute perfectly when you receive the ball, mm-hmm. perfect, a perfect pass? Mm-hmm. That's a good, great shooter. But a really great shooter is one that, that you receive the ball down low and then you adjust and you go. And that's kind of like this thing with the voicings of like, are you going to be the one that only plays it when it's comfortable or are you going to be able to go to it in any key, in any situation? That's right. You know, yeah, it, it really just takes practice again. Yeah. You know practice what's not that's why we're talking about what the hell we're practicing you got uh wtc here i'm assuming that's well-tempered clavier well well tempered so i guess it should be wtk with the pronounce with the proper german there um yeah so uh i've been diving back into a little book too uh i don't oh, know why two. just because it was sitting there i'd spent so little time on book two. Oh, uh, book two's dope yeah book one nope no, no, they're both great. I don't know why just the two. I think it was just because it was sitting there um, on the piano. Hey and man, sometimes that's how it happens. I know. Uh, and then also I see you have Phillips exercises on this. This is something that you introduced me to. These are yeah. amazing for finger independence. They're great. Phillips uh, exercise for independence of the fingering, fingers. And that, you know, I rarely leave the I'm, – I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm lazy with this because I – been diligently doing it but i don't leave the first page a lot you don't need to do more than the first like five exercises yeah they're so good for you Yeah, they're really good i mean the rest of them are great too and and maybe next year i'll try to get out of my comfort zone i've been actually let's talk in a couple days we we need to wait till we get closer to new year's because i want to talk to you about new year's resolutions we should do some kind of challenge yeah like a 30-day challenge for sure cold shower every morning (laughs) separately ice bath and then practice for an hour (laughs) yeah yeah uh no the phillips exercises are great because they like it basically puts your hand in a position where you're you're putting down 
most of your fingers and then having to lift individual ones up. And it just forces independence of the fingers in a way that you can't be just playing, you know, one at a time. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, for me, and my, my most of the time I've been spending the last six weeks actually has been uh, arranging and composing and songwriting. Yeah. I've had a bunch of projects going on simultaneously. Like I had a bunch of orchestra arrangements for uh, the St. Louis Symphony for their gospel Christmas show, Kennedy Holmes. That was really, really fun. Anytime Young you Kennedy to, Holmes. Young Kennedy Holmes. Anytime you get to write for a major orchestra like that, it's like, it's such a treat. And so I tried to spend as much, uh, much of my energy on that. Oops, sorry. It is funny how, I don't know if you've experienced, I always feel like I'm a really an amateur composer and arranger because I'm so, uh, I'm so like fickle. Like if it's, if it's in this situation, when you know you're writing for a great orchestra, I like I'll write better and get more inspired. Yeah. If we were real pros, we'd be hitting that same high level all the time. All the time. (laughs) You you get more excited. No, you step up your game. You step up your game. It's game day. You're playing in the big leagues now. But I'll tell you what. So, and then I've of course been writing so much for my band, the 442s. Um, but also, uh, I had this project recently, another project for the education department for the SLSO, where I got to sort of uh, reorchestrate some... Is that the St. Louis Lobster Organization? What is that? S- Folks might not know. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. Oh, sorry. Okay, got it. Uh, but it was for this edge show they're doing where I was actually reducing things like, uh, you know, Beethoven's Fifth and the Barber of Seville and mm. some very famous pieces. But it was like... Overture, right? It was like a two-week orchestration lesson, right? Because like you have to make decisions, but then you also, while you're making the decisions, you're really studying these scores in a way that I hadn't before. Shame on me that I hadn't before. But like a little self-serving of you, you get get a little practice in while you get paid. Crazy. There's stuff in Beethoven's Fifth orchestration-wise that I'm gonna steal. That it's it's so relevant still. Totally out of copyright. You're all good. Man, so good. Don't try to steal from um, you know. um, I'm not talking about melodies. If I yeah. if I if I wrote a tune that was like da 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 da, that would be a little. But it's yeah. just like these orchestration techniques that are just. I mean, he's so he's so good. Well, I find obviously. that very obviously. Uh, yeah, newsflash. You know, yeah. So, talking about it's interesting. You've put composing and songwriting as in your practicing routine. I think that's very prescient of you to do that because. Um, and maybe you can just you know wax poetic a little bit why you consider that practice. Well, only because I don't have enough time to do both sometimes. <laughs> no, but I think it is. I mean, like you are improving. Like if you have the right mindset about it, you're improving your. I mean, practice is about improving, yeah, our technique, but it's also improving our ears, improving our our musicianship, for sure, our compositional skill. These are all things that we want to practice. I'm telling you, studying some of these Rossini scores or Beethoven scores is just as useful to me as like working on left-hand voice. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I always, always, I remember when I first kind of got interested in writing for orchestra when I was in, maybe in high school. Yeah. And I remember my dad telling me, he's like, if you, he's like, because he, he, you know, can write for orchestra, play an orchestra. I was like, show me some orchestration. And he, like, went and came back and, like, put down a, a Debussy Nocturne score. And he's like, everything you need to learn about orchestration, you can do. He's like, listen to the recording and follow along the score. You'll learn everything you need to know there. That's great. You know? That's great. It's just like with playing jazz. Yeah. yeah just exactly. listen. listen to Debussy? No. Okay. Well, yeah, you could. <laughs> All right, what's our last one? Here? Okay, the last one is I've been practicing diving back into a little McCoy Tyner for my trans for my transcribing because I haven't done it lately. And I'm so excited about our sponsor, Anytune, and, and having the app that they so graciously gave us. Um it, you know, it's kind of reinvigorated me to go back and to be able to I, I realized I was like, well, I learned the solo, but I still had some questions. Now this is like thirty 
Is that possible? 30, no, more than 30 years ago, I learned this, which is crazy because I'm 37. Isn't wow. that wild? I was seven years old, man. No, but I, you know, I realized I was never, I mean, are we ever 100% sure we have everything? When we learn a solo. No. No, but we feel like we're, we're like, if you get to like 98, 99, you feel good. So I was never sure how accurate I had it. And I was like, now I have this tool to really be able to hear that. And so I've been going back and, and then I realized I don't remember the whole solo. Although it's amazing how much of it I still kind of know. After 30 years. Well, how incredible. much of it comes back. Now I've listened to the recording a lot since then. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. And that's, it kind of reinvigorated that as part of my, so I'm thinking about next year, like doing some, getting back into transcribing, you know. Look at you. You know what I'm saying? Going old school. Oh, that tells put, you. put on my little my little elementary school britches and get my lunch pail out and go in old school. Right. Ever talk about my my McCoy Tyner lunchbox? It's valuable, man. No way. No, I'm just kidding. That would be <laughs> awesome. Though. Get like a blues on the corner lunch. Yeah, yeah. Box. No, yeah, man, I would be all over that. You do. Well, maybe we'll include that as part of a 2020 challenge of a building a McCoy Tyner lunchbox. Actually, if there's any artisans out there that want to build us a McCoy Tyner lunchbox, <laughs> we would totally <laughs> take it. But uh, I yeah. feel like you could order that from uh, some Chinese like Alibaba or something, where you just like upload the logo. <laughs> I don't think you have Fiverr. to be an artisan. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, order us a McCoy Tyner blues on the corner lunchbox. Oh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> and put a link below. I'll take a real McCoy. <laughs> I want a Herbie Hancock Headhunters lunch pail. <laughs> That's got to with vegan leather trim on it. <laughs> you could do you could do that. Not to eat, just as trim. <laughs> anyway, um, well, that was fun. Yeah, we're gonna do some boot we're gonna boot camps. We're gonna do some uh, challenges in 2020. Like we should do a transcribing challenge. We should do a technique challenge. I've been thinking about this. Just uh, the th are you familiar with like the 30 day thing? I mean, I'm familiar with 30 days. <laughs> like a month. Yeah. Yeah, we use it as part of the Roman calendar and yeah. Greek. No, the idea of like you try to do something for 30 days in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom always used to say that when, you, when I was growing up. Like if you do something for 22 days in a row, it's a habit. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so th if you do it for 30, you're really overdoing it, son. Back off. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, we could maybe do that some next year. I mean, I think, you know, even just 3rd of January, maybe we'll be just practice 30 days in a row. That's actually a lot. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I practice every day. But do you know? Do you know? Do Can you, you know? get 30 in a row? That Sunday when you woke up hungover and didn't get out of bed till 4. I mean. And then went to brunch. Come on now. Did you we come are, back to practice? We're, we are going to New Orleans in January. Ooh, we so are. It might make it hard to practice every day. We're going to be playing some music. Yeah, a quick teaser on that. We're going to be at the Gen Conference. We're not going to go into heavy promo mode, but folks might want to make plans. Now. We should next week. We should start because okay. it's a month away. Yeah, and it's going to be some live You'll Hear It's, right? We're going to do live You'll Hear It's at Gen. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. All right well, until tomorrow. You'll hear it.